Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located on the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us to continue to bring the message of Jesus Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's service.
Oh, it is so good to see y'all here tonight. A Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas Eve, 2021, December 24th. Every pastor has been asked this question by some Christian around this time of year, almost every year. And the question is, why is it that Christians would celebrate the birth of Christ on a day that was originally set aside to celebrate a pagan God? Well, there's some validity to the question. A little bit of the backstory is for the first 300 years Christianity existed, Christians did not celebrate the birth of Christ. They celebrated the events like the death of Christ or the resurrection of Christ. But it wasn't until 321 AD that Constantine, the emperor of uh, the emperor, said after accepting Jesus as his Lord and Savior, that he was now going to take a day, December the 25th, that was meant to celebrate a pagan god known as the sun god, who they believed was responsible for putting all the lights in this world. And he was going to change it from that mythical creature to celebrating not the sun god, but the S-O-N, son of God. And it is from that date, the December 25th, became the day that we as born again children of God celebrate the birth of our Savior. And isn't it interesting that we celebrate him by lighting up communities, by lighting up trees, by lighting up houses, and by lighting up town squares. We do this because Jesus represents the light of a very dark world. We do this to celebrate him as a symbol of he is the only son of God. The only way that somebody who is hurting on the inside can receive that which they so desperately are longing for. A relationship with Jesus Christ which gives them a home forever in heaven. Tonight we have come to celebrate Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, to celebrate the day set aside uh, to celebrate his birth. And I am so thankful that you guys are doing this in person. I am so thankful that all of you that are watching online, Jesus is a Savior who gives us healing when we're hurting. He gives us hope when we're in despair. He gives us light in a very dark world. And he brings joy to your marriage. He brings joy to your family. He brings joy to your job. He brings joy to your workplace. He brings joy to your tired and weary soul. We're celebrating tonight. Come on, let's do it.
that's why we're here is to praise you, to adore you, Jesus, for what you've done for us, to adore you and thank you for coming and and living on this earth and living a sin-free life and dying for us that we might have eternity in heaven with you. What a gift. Thank you, Jesus, for that. You are so good to us. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing us through just the trials of life. Thank you, Jesus, that you want to do life with us. Thank you, Lord, for every good and perfect thing you've done in our life. You're so good to us. You're such a blessing in our lives, and we praise you. And we celebrate you, Jesus. We celebrate you on this Christmas Eve in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give our Lord and Savior another praise offering because he's well-deserving of it. All right, you guys can be seated. Thank you so much for coming to our Christmas Eve services tonight here at Fellowship Church. Uh, If you are a guest or a visitor, we'd love to have a record of you being here. If you are here in the service, if you'll swing by the information counter before you leave, we have a gift bag for you with all kinds of goodies in it. Uh, Also have a gift certificate for a free uh, specialty drink in our coffee shop uh, for everybody in your visiting party. We just want to thank you so much for coming and then also get you some more information about Fellowship Church because we have a great church. This is a great family and we love for you to be a part of it. Yeah, it's awesome. Now, if you're watching at home, thank you so much. I know many of you are taking advantage of our online services, especially with the crazy weather we've had here this afternoon. If you are visiting at home, we'd love to also have a record of you being here. Uh, If you want, just take out your smartphone. If you'll text the word fellowship to 94,000, we'll get you some more information about the church. And I promise somebody here will volunteer to bring you that cup of coffee uh, if, you vol- if, if you register with us. Well, thank you guys once again uh, for being a part of our services. And we do want to continue to worship him now with the giving of tithes and offerings. I hope you have come prepared to give Jesus a gift tonight. You know, we're really good at shopping for everybody else and, and you know, getting all kinds of gifts for each other. Uh, but it is Jesus's birthday and this is a good time for us to be able to give him that gift. So as you get ready to do so, know that there's all kinds of ways you can give here at Fellowship. If you want to give in person, you can do so by going into the lobby. There's uh, boxes, offering boxes around. You can drop it off that way. Easiest way is to get the Church Center app. The Church Center app is just a wonderful way for you to stay connected here at Fellowship. You can register for conferences, uh, register for classes or small groups, uh, but it's also a really easy way to give. You can also text tithe or give online or just mail your gift in, whatever you would like to do. And it is the end of the year. We get a lot of questions at the end of the year from businesses that are wanting to get all their taxable donations in before the end of the year. So make sure you do that before it turns 2022. That is right around the corner. Well, let me say a prayer, a blessing over you. God, we love you. Thank you so much for how awesome you are. You are so good to us and you always bless us. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us through the storms financially that many of us faced in 2020 and 2021. You've always blessed us. You've always taken care of us. And now, Lord, as we give back to you, Lord, we do it in a symbol of praise and worship. We adore you, Lord, and we want to adore you, Lord, with gifts. And so, Lord, we give you this special gift now. And Lord, we thank you. Bless us in the rest of this service. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there's all kinds of things going on here at Fellowship, uh, especially this next quarter, and we're pretty excited about what's going to happen. Yeah, it really is. First of all, you guys look great. I know you all are tired, but thank you so much for coming out to the 5 o'clock service. It's already dark outside, which makes it harder. It's cold outside. Our 3 o'clock service was absolutely packed. And thank you for coming at five. It means so much to us. Those of you who couldn't get in at three, you came back at five. It means a lot to, uh, to us as well. Thank you for watching us online. Guys, we have so many cool things happening as we kick off the new year. Now, I know it's Christmas Eve, but it, we're excited about it. We want to share it with you. First of all, we're theming the first half of 2022 as Closer to Jesus. That is our goal, that is our intention. With every bit of creative planning for the services on Sunday morning, we want you to laugh, we want you to have fun. Our goal up here is to catch you completely off guard. We do not want you to come to church from Sunday to Sunday and know what's coming. Our goal is to make you keep guessing. So it's gonna be fun on a creative standpoint for us and we're real excited about it. But more than anything else, we want you to experience his presence. We want you to have a God encounter, not just leave here going, man, that service was a nine or a 10 or whatever you might think. We we want you to say things like, 
I experienced God there today. I went to church on Sunday. I brought some friends, and their life was transformed by the teaching of his word, by what happened in the worship time. So we're really pumped and excited about it. We have not just the theme for the first part of the year, but also some message titles, some topics we're going to hit. Now we haven't created them all up and knocked them all out and put, the, put them packaged together or gave them titles. But here are some of the things we feel the Holy Spirit leading us with. First of all, help, my personality is showing. Now, unless you have a perfect personality, does anybody here have a perfect personality? Anybody? 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 <laughs> Daniel, you do not. <laughs> unless you do, you could use help with this. Because a lot of times we want to blame our problems on the devil or we want to blame it on somebody else. When the truth of the matter is just that our personality hadn't caught up to our safe self. We still got leftover stuff from the past that we need to work on and everybody needs a little bit of work in this area. Pastor Tim, you might need to be sitting right on the front row, buddy, right yeah. there. Yeah, during the, the truth is I'll be sitting there in there because I have multiple personalities. Yeah, boy. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. But it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk about that, and it's going to be a kick as we talk about different personality issues. There are 10 personality disorders that are mentioned uh, at Mayo Clinic. Mayo Clinic deals with 10 different personality disorders. We all have a little bit of those. So we're going to discover those, and you'll finally be able to look at the person sitting beside you and say, aha, that's what's wrong with you, right? <laughs> but it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll laugh at ourselves. We'll be kicked. The next one, here we go, is uh, an overview of, our, of your Bible. A few weeks ago, we brought the kids in here, and they quoted the books of the Bible for us. How many of you remember that? Did you ever think when you were watching them, I wish somebody would have invested in me when I was younger? I wish somebody would have told me more about the Bible that I would have greater understanding of it. Well, JL and I are going to go through it 15 to 20 minutes. We're gonna give you an overview of these 66 books broken down into two divisions of 39, 27, and how those two divisions have sections in them where you know where prophecy is, where history is, where uh, uh, the mention of the, what's going on in the future, also uh, where the Psalms are, where books of wisdom are, where instruction books are for us, and where to turn when you need to turn someplace. We're not gonna be able to cause you to memorize any of that. We're gonna give you resources as well. Then I'm gonna end that particular teaching with an old classic message called The Voice from a Mop Bucket. And you do not wanna miss that. That's gonna be a lot of fun. That's coming up as well, the first 13 weeks of the new year. And then are we living in the end times? I mean, that's important for us to know. Every born-again child of God needs to be looking for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and when we do so, we will live better. We're gonna live with more confidence. But the question is, if this is the end times, how should that alter our lives? Should we live any differently if we are gonna be alive when the Lord comes back? What does the Bible have to say about that? Because our opinion really doesn't matter. That's gonna be some good Sunday yeah. morning teaching. Let me get the next one. The next one is, my marriage could use a tune-up. <laughs> oh, you're in trouble. Yes. <laughs> Take his gift back. <laughs> Every marriage can use a tune-up, no matter how long you've been married. And sometimes the longer we've been married, the more we need to pull into a shop, let a mechanic work on it, clean it up a little bit, fix what needs to be fixed, and get it all back running the way it should run. So marriage needs a tune-up. That's going to be Sunday morning teaching and seasonal living, living your best life now. If you are a widow or a widower, it's whatever age. If you are a college student, if you are a couple in your 20s raising kids and your life's a blur, if you are in your 40s or 50s and you're an empty nester now, your life comes to you in seasons. It will not last. So therefore, get the most out of it in the season that you're in. It is going to be a lot of fun. And then all of us are going to be working on ourselves a little bit along the way. I, here's, here's what I want to, I want to resolve that next year, I'm going to start talking nicer to these people. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, talk, I'm going to talk nicer to you when I'm in the lobby. It's your pastor. Come on. Be, huh? You say you're going to be nicer to others every year. What? Pretty much. Well, obviously, Pastor Tim, I haven't accomplished it yet. Yes. So thank you for yes, bringing yes, that yes. up. That's a good series then for us. It's going to be a yes. lot of fun, you guys. Get ready for it. Guys, also for Sunday morning, uh, this week, we're going to have one unified service. It is going to be at 9 a.m. We'll have full children's ministry for all your kids. Uh, so make sure you plan to come back with us. That's just in a couple of days. But we wanted to combine those services. If you show up at 11 o'clock, we'll pray for you, but we'll be at home praying for you. So make sure you come back and see us 9 a.m. this Sunday.
Great job, guys. Great job. So good. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep, and suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared unto them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy. Good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, Matthew 2. After the wise men were gone, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. Church family in 1957, Random House published a book by a gentleman that we have come to know as Dr. Seuss. The book ended up being morphed into an animated film that we see a lot this time of year called How the Grinch Stole Christmas. It involves an interesting, weird-looking creature, character, 
who attempts to rob the world of the joy of Christmas by robbing the world of the presents that were under the tree. And although this is not a religious story in nature, I see that it might have some spiritual significance because we as Christians also have a Grinch in our life that we are constantly dealing with called Satan. Jesus says in John chapter 10 and verse 10 that this Grinch called Satan comes as a robber, a thief, in order to steal from us. This Grinch does not want to steal presents that are under a tree. He wants to steal from us the presents of the one who hung on the tree. And not able to steal or take from us the presence of an omnipresent God literally, his goal is to rob us of what the presence, being in Christ's presence, brings to us as a believer. And the presence of Jesus in the life of a believer has potential of bringing the presence of great joy. So the enemy's objective on the side screen wants to steal the presence of joy out of the life of a believer. And if you've known Jesus Christ for any period of time, you have gone through things since you've been saved where things aren't as fun on the job. Things aren't as great in the relationship. There's issues in the family. There's drama that you didn't ask for. If you've been saved for any period of time whatsoever, you know that you can go from being on a 10 one day and you have somebody, how you doing? I'm good, man, I'm on a 10. I love the Lord, the Lord's good. I can do all things through Christ. And then the next day somebody asks you how you're doing and you're down there about a three or a four and you're saying, man, I don't even feel saved today. I don't even know God hears my prayers. I wonder when he's even gonna show up. And for some people it's week to week and other people it just depends on what time of the day you talk to us. So every one of us as born again believers know that we have an enemy that tries to rob us of joy, rob us of fun, rob us of our happiness. It is the fight of every believer to hang on to this joy, this great joy that God promised that he would bring into our life. Now let's make sure, first of all, that I'm talking to believers in this room or maybe those of you that are online. Let's make sure that every person in this room, and normally on Christmas Eve, if you come out to a Christmas Eve service, you're all about worshiping Jesus Christ, the Son of God on Christmas Day. But it could be that you just haven't been introduced to Jesus yet. So let me put it to you this way. Imagine if you would, 700 years ago, somebody prophesied or predicted that a president in the United States would be born in Fruta, Colorado. Imagine what Fruit of Colorado looked like 700 years ago. Imagine with me, if you would, for a moment that this man wrote down that prediction, that prophecy. He shared it with family members and friends, but in 700 years, generation after generation die off the scene. Many people in that day forgot about it, didn't know about it, but there were some that wrote it down, told their children, their children told their children. And if it was today, somebody might say, we're getting close to that time. They put it on social media and people would start watching for this baby to be born that would someday be the next, another president of the United States. Well, let's just say that baby was born, grew up, and it was kind of the limelight hit that child. And we all knew, oh, they're in line for the presidency. And sure enough, they became the president of the United States. Well, for all of the haters and non-believers and all the doubters, they would then want to know, wait a minute, if this happened from somebody saying, talking about it 700 years ago, how much more did that person say about this person way back then? Because if this one thing was accurate, then most likely everything they said about that child born in Fruta is also going to be true. Well, it is that kind of prophecy that took place by one of the prophets in the Old Testament, Micah chapter five, verse two, where Micah said that there would be a child born in a city called Bethlehem. Now remember this, he said that about a little town that was no more than a speck in the side of the road, 700 years before Jesus was born. So no one thought this little town of Bethlehem would dare have the Messiah, the Son of God, to be born there. And there were actually two Bethlehems in the Bible, and Micah 
got it right. And not only did he get it right about Jesus Christ being born in the town of Bethlehem, everything else he said in that prophecy has also come true. That Jesus Christ truly was the Son of God. He was God in the flesh. The Bible said that he came to save us. The Bible says that, it, that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. What is the gift? Jesus Christ, the infinite God, the one who is timeless, the one who is almighty, the one who can do all things. And the word infinite means he, he is endless and he is unlimited. And if he wasn't God, then Jesus dying on the cross wouldn't mean anything to us because he would have died for his own sins but because he was God and he was an infinite, limitless, unending savior. When he died on the cross, he took on the sins of every person that was ever born on this planet. He died to pay that penalty for sin. We couldn't pay it, he stepped up to the plate and he paid it for us. And he said anyone who would trust in him he would pay that penalty of death for them and they could have a home forever in heaven. And I know this from the bottom of my heart that no one has ever asked Jesus to come into their heart and to be their savior only to hear Jesus, the son of God, say no. I will not do that. I'll save other people, but I will not save you. No, he responds immediately. He enters in and takes uh, up his life in your life. He starts to create in you the person that he created you to be in the first place. And the greatest gift you will ever know is when you receive Jesus into your life, giving you complete and full forgiveness of your sins, eternal life and a home in heaven, which God says man's mind has never even come close to imagining how wonderful heaven is going to be for you. And then to do your life here on this earth with the power of the Holy Spirit living within you until you get to that place called heaven. So here tonight, I wanna make sure that every one of us are a believer. And I want to ask a prayer. I wanna pray the prayer of salvation to our Heavenly Father. And tonight, if you're not sure Maybe you've been close to the Lord, you got away from him for a while, you're just not sure. I wanna ask you if you would in this room to bow your head at home, just pray with me as well. And pray this prayer, church family, and those of you that are visiting, just pray it, everyone, just write out loud after me, and here we go. Dear Heavenly Father, please forgive me of my sins. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. You died for me on the cross that I might have a home forever in heaven. And Jesus, I make you my personal Lord and Savior. A home in heaven and the best life to live till I get there. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the Bible says that if you prayed that prayer, prayed it for the first time, that you, like every one of us that have ever been saved, have a home forever in heaven. You have a savior named Jesus. You have begun a new life in him. And if you did that, whether you're watching from home or you're in this room, then text the word. If you would, first of all, tell somebody tonight, tell somebody around a dinner table that you don't have, they don't have to worry about you, that you're gonna be in heaven, that you're saved, that you accepted the Lord in this Christmas Eve service. And you can also text the word heaven tonight 94,000, and if you'll do that, we'll send you more resources and stay in contact with you and mentor you and coach you a little bit along the way. Now, if you have accepted Christ as your personal Savior, listen very close to me. You're here in a relationship of three. You say, well, my family's bigger than that. Well, okay, but some of them are going to die off. They may come or go. Relationships can end. They can. Don't want them to, they can. Well, I got a lot of friends. Well, that's a season of life. They may come or, or go. But you will always be in a relationship of three. Number one, you are in that relationship. Secondly, Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, is in that relationship with you. And you have never been loved like Jesus loves you. You can never do any better to make Jesus love you more than he loves you right now. And you have an enemy. And that enemy wants to steal from you everything your Savior wants to give you. Savior gives you a good and perfect thing, a great relationship. He wants to bust up that relationship. He wants to give you happiness and joy. He wants to rob you of happiness and joy. 
So therefore, understanding that will be the rest of your life. You must therefore live with this reality. And here it is on the side screen. Whatever you obtain must be maintained. And whatever you possess, you must protect. Because it's one thing to get it, it's another thing to keep it. It's one thing to get peace, it's another thing to keep it. It's one thing to get focus, it's another thing to keep it. One thing to get motivation, it's another thing to keep it. And it's one thing to get joy, but it is another thing to keep it. If you have it, you have to protect it. And for those of you that know your Bible, you might be saying, well, pastor, I understand that God is my protector. He's gonna put a hedge about me. He's gonna make sure the enemy can't. Yes, God is your protector. But that's only part B or part A of the teaching. Part B is that you have to understand that there are ways that God protects. One of those ways in which God protects you is through divine intervention. This is when God just shows up and does something for us that we had nothing to do with. It's like Moses at the Red Sea going, hitting that, hitting that, that challenge, that problem, and saying, God, what do we do now? God says, just stand still and watch what I do. I'll do the work here. I'll fix this problem for you. And there are many times where Jesus just shows up and he divinely protects you and sometimes he doesn't even let you see what you were protected from. That's divine intervention. Here's another way where he works for our protection, when God works through instruction. With intervention, God is saying, I am going to do this for you. With his instruction, which is more common, God is saying, I'm going to do this through you. In other words, what God is saying is, I'm gonna give you direction, and if you follow my direction, the direction is going to give you my protection. Let me say it again. I'm gonna give you direction, and if you follow my direction, my direction is going to give you my protection. In this story, Joseph and Mary had traveled a long distance. The Bible says that Joseph fell asleep. And when he fell asleep, the enemy, uh, he, they did not know that the enemy had set out a trap to assassinate their joy. So the angel comes to Joseph in a dream. Now Joseph had, been, Joseph had some of that traveling sleep going on, that really good hard rest, probably that, that head back, mouth open kind of sleep. And the angel came to him and said, get up. And it was right here that the angel gave him instruction to keep the enemy from assassinating their joy. And 2,000 years later, that same message of how you and I are to protect the joy that comes into our life, that same instruction that the angel gave Joseph and Mary is the same instruction that the angel gives you and I tonight. Are you ready to know how to protect your joy? Okay, well this is Christmas Eve and you guys wanna go eat dinner and you got some dessert waiting on you and you know you're already tired, so I'm gonna tell you the same thing the angel told Joseph and Mary. I'm gonna tell you Sunday morning at nine o'clock. So make sure you come back. Would you stand with me please? You guys will never really know how much the staff of your church love you, way beyond you can imagine. How much we talk about you, not behind your back in a bad way. We, we do that with some of us, but not all of us. But we pray for you, we're so proud of you. We go through good times and hard times together. We walk through cemeteries together, we do. We stand before people and see them unite in marriage See kids start serving the Lord. Teenagers start preaching back in 4640. We thrill with every bit of it. And this next year, more than anything else, I am so excited to be able to do it with you. I'm so excited that as we move closer to our Lord Jesus Christ, that we get to do so with a church family of very funny, God help you, sarcastic people that we get to do life with. You make us laugh, and we love you. This coming Sunday morning, I'm gonna teach you how to keep your laugh, how to keep your joy. You got a Grinch, don't rob you of it if you don't watch it. But you got a Heavenly Father who says, here's how you keep that.
from happening and you live the best life you could possibly live in 2022. I want to tell you this, I love you. May God's greatest blessings be upon your family this Christmas season and as we all step into this new year together. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text the word fellowship to 94000 and connect with our staff today. Now, if you're in need of prayer, we'd love to support you. You can submit your prayer requests by texting prayer support to 94000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. And as always, we're still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week in person or online.